Welcome to the Let Me Be Free podcast. My name is Jackie. And my name is Alwyn. We're two sisters from Ireland living in Australia, navigating our healing journeys together. And this is our podcast, Let Me Be Free. We'll be interviewing everyone who's helped us to get us where we are today, whether that's therapists, loved ones, people from our Facebook group, Let Me Be Free, The Wounded Inner Child, or people who we've never met, but have had huge impacts in our lives. Follow along with us on this journey as we try to dissect what has really worked for us in the hopes that you too might be freed. Before we jump into today's episode, just a friendly reminder, guys, to have a look in the timestamps in the description to make sure that all the topics that we discuss today are comfortable for you to listen to. Okay, so I would like to welcome our guest for today, and it's Trishel. You know, this podcast is really a space where we can create a sense of hope for people who may feel like they don't have that possibility for healing, that opportunity for healing. And, you know, I think that having people like you on who have been through that healing journey, who are still going on through that healing journey, I think it's so profound and powerful to get that ground level, you know, where were you? How did you get through? How did you survive, you know, Um, your parent as well? So that's also, you know, obviously a big part of it. And so much I talk about is that shame. And so to start it off, Trishel, I'd love you to bring us a bit to that point in your life where maybe some of our listeners are at at this point, you know, where, you know, you felt like that lowest point or maybe it was a turning point oh thank you for inviting me to your podcast i'm happy to be here i've never thought about ever being in in this situation and having to tell my story because i've always been afraid to tell it and it's not just parenting through my trauma but it was just the things that i went through as a kid and a young adult before i even had kids because that trauma runs really deep the trauma i have within me it's like rooted in me, you know what I'm saying? And to the point to where it was like second nature to even think the way I used to think, act the way I used to act. I used to justify it through. And, you know, nothing against people who do take psych meds, but, you know, it was my escapism type option, even though it was given to me because I would go see therapists, I would go to doctors and be like, am I crazy? Um, what's wrong with me? Why can't I control this? And, you know, just different things that I carried throughout my life after I turned 18. Things I was never aware of because I guess even though I didn't have my parents 100% like to support me and to love me the way I should have been loved, um, they were there up until I went to the military. And so I joined at 17, left a few months after I turned 19. And that's when it really all started. I never wanted kids. I never wanted to be married. I just wanted to be that aunt that gave all the nieces and nephews the Christmas gifts and give them me so that I didn't have to worry about having kids. So never wanted that. I was going to travel, do my thing and, you know, explore life because I was already traveling before I even went to the military. So going to the military was like an even more you know, escape from my, my old life that I really wanted to escape but never thought about working on. And I would be able to travel, get college money, because you know we were poor. My mom couldn't afford that. There was no one as an example to say, "Hey, this is how you do college financial aid," or whatever that may have been. So, 
it ran really deep. And so when I was 19, I went into the military finally. And, you know, things started to happen along the way, you know, along the way concerning mental health. And by the time I turned 22, I attempted suicide while serving in the military when I was in the Navy. And again, that deep rooted trauma had like buds of branches coming through, right? And it's, it's growing and growing and growing and still no kids. But at 22, I attempted to kill myself because of the pressures of the military and the things that were happening to me in the military. And those things happening to me in the military triggered things that happened to me in my childhood. So, you know, I come from an alcoholic dad that's still an alcoholic to this day. He's been that for over 40 years. And a mom that's about 30 something years clean off crack. And, you know, what I know now at 41 is something I didn't know at 18, that the things that my parents were doing was because of their own trauma through their childhood, their adult life and things like that. So when I tried to kill myself, I really never thought that it was anything to do with, you know, my bloodline and, you know, how my parents are and, you know, what's going on with them. I just thought that this was normal. I thought that, you know, all parents treated their kids that way. And, you know, some were there, some were not, some, you know, went through some things and stuff like that. Thinking about that and knowing what I know now about trauma and, and parenting through your trauma, I, I realized that it came from my parents and then their parents. And then, I mean, it goes really deep, right? So had I, you know, attempted, I mean, had I succeeded in my suicide attempt at 22, I wouldn't be here now as a 41 year old woman with a 13 and a 14 year old, one being a girl, cause I never wanted girls. You know, I thought, you know, girls are easily molested and, you know, stuff like that. And which brings me into, you know, after I attempted the suicide, it didn't take two years later, I got a medical honorably um, discharged from the military because of my mental health. And still at that point, I, I never thought to think about generational curses and patterns and, you know, this trauma being from my parents. I just didn't know. I, I literally, for the majority of like my childhood up until I was about 35, I lived in a brain fog of anxiety, of stress, worry, doubt, fear, like anger, uh, just so many different things that led my life. And that started to brew up more once I, I left the home. Like it was already seeds planted while I was still a child. But when I left on my own, with no guidance, no role model of what a role model is supposed to look like. Um, you know, none of that, you know, these things started to bloom or get watered by different things that triggered me. But I never, never once thought, okay, again, this, this is happening because of your trauma you've experienced in your childhood, the, the things that happened to you, the stuff that you had, I used to have reoccurring thoughts of certain things, but it was so traumatic that even at that time, I never knew why it would black out. And I couldn't remember. I could see the struggle between me and a male cousin, but I didn't know what happened after that. And then it cuts to a different scene and I'm walking my bike crying and he's running behind me saying, don't tell, don't tell. Didn't know what that was. I mean, every day it played like a, 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 a movie on repeat and it will be 
us in the shed, him holding me, and then it cuts to me crying, walking my bike. I never understood that. And what I know now about that is that that was so traumatic, whatever he did to me in there, because I cannot for the life of me remember what happened before and after. Like, I know, like, I left and I was crying, but I know before he was holding me, and then I don't know. But I know that that was so traumatic that I can't even remember. My brain suppressed it. Still, I can't remember, even though I know it now. I still can't. Maybe I have to get hypnotized or something to to help yeah. me bring that up. But I don't know. But you know, cut to the you know back to me attempting the suicide, and then leading up to two years later being medically separated against my will. The only thing that was not signed off from my checkoff list to go to my new my new command in the Navy to um, being the number one lead personnelmen at that um, small boy. It was a smaller ship than I was on because I was on a carrier, a huge naval ship. And so um, I did well. I always succeeded in so many different things in my life, but that one block didn't get signed off because of what I did two years prior. But in those two years, those things that I still struggle with, especially the things I struggled with before I turned 18, they were being magnified. Like I said, they were growing and growing because of all these triggers did not understand what these triggers were and why this was happening to me. I just know that I was off the chain and I was angry. I had brain fog. I would succeed in something and then take 20 steps backwards. And just, it was a rigmarole of just craziness, like a tornado or a hurricane and a tsunami all at one time, constantly every single day of my life. Like, I don't even know how I made it to this point, but I'm super grateful. I feel like it was a divine purpose, but it's like, okay, it's, it's just growing and growing and growing. And here we are, you know, I'm getting put out the military for something I did two years before. My family does not know. Nobody knows I tried to um, kill myself because, you know, I went to Virginia from Texas and Louisiana and I ran away from everything thinking I would make things better, but still I had no guidance. So mm -hmm. nobody knew that I was I tried to uh, kill myself and nobody knew that I was being medically separated from the military. Like it, it was crazy. So when I found out that that was gonna happen to me, they put me on Christmas leave, it was around the holidays. I drive to Louisiana 17 hours and then I drive four more hours to Texas to visit my mom for Christmas. The Louisiana trip was a surprise for my dad who's an alcoholic who told me he had been sober for a month. And when I got there, another trigger. I couldn't open up to them to let them know that I'm being medically separated from the military because I attempted suicide two years before. And you know, y'all don't know that, but my dad tore up the house because he was drunk. So he had his own issues. So that triggered me and I'm crying outside and I'm just like, I gotta leave, I can't be here because you know that was just already too much for me because I know I was being put out. And I thought I had time so I go to bed that night in Louisiana in this twin, twin bed that I grew up in and I am awakened at seven something in the morning, even though it's eight something on the East Coast, but now I'm in Louisiana. So it's eight something for them, but it's so early for me. And I pretty much cried myself to sleep. And there was my command officer and she was just like, they want you out in 30 days. And I was like, are you serious? Like, oh my goodness, this is... This is crazy. So here I am finding out my dad is not sober. I am 22, no, no, 20, 24 at this point. 
because it's two years later. Um, I, I attempted suicide at 22, but at this point I'm 24. So I'm laying in this bed at seven something in the morning, drained from driving almost 20 hours at this point to find out that very same day I got there that my dad is not sober. <laughs> no one to lean on, no support. And this is where I truly realized that I didn't have the support. So another thing that I know now is that support for people going through these traumatic situations is a big thing. It's a very huge thing. Having that, yeah. you know, support, you know what I'm saying? It really, really Definitely. goes a long way, you know? Well, it sounds very isolating. Yes. Oh, it was. It was because they didn't even know I attempted suicide. And yeah. it was hard to even tell them that they were the, a part of it. But I wasn't all the way into the blaming part of it. I was getting there. Yeah. I was detaching from them even more. And any any love I had for them, I um, it was almost gone. It was it was mm -hmm. it was empty. Like I was done forgiving them. I was done being understanding, done being compassionate. Because I'm the kid, and here I am looking for parents, and my parents have their own issues, you know. Again, I'm still thinking this is normal, not really truly understanding what is going on with me. I'm just, you know, listen to everybody, go to group, go to anger management, take your medicine, do this, do that, you know, and, you know, never once really heard go within, you know, believe yeah. in yourself um, instead of, oh, take this medicine or go to the doctor or come check in for three days or even a week and, you know, da 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 but I never heard anything about self-love or, you know, there are some self-care things they teach you, but not really. So it just brewed more anger in me because I'm just like, nobody understands yeah. what I'm going And the things I'm struggling with, you can't even tell. You cannot tell that. I've always wanted to, to talk about these things, but I've always been afraid. So I get up that morning, I leave, drive to Texas, still couldn't talk to anybody about, I'm about to be put out of the military. Like in 30 days now, I thought I had months to go, but it's in 30 days and, you know, I'm hurting so bad and I'm going to have to be the one to drive back now at this point, 20 something hours, because I drove four more hours to get to Texas. So I'm there, I do my thing. And simultaneously, that's when the mask got stronger. I could become anyone with these masks on because I felt isolated, like you said. And so... I had to just, you know, deal with it on my own. And this brewed more anger. This brewed more things that triggered me. Anything remotely close to anybody in my family, any trauma I ever experienced from any person, it triggered me even more. Um, I was always choosing the wrong men. And for 20 years of my life, I was always with someone that reminded me of my dad or my stepdad. And that is the truth, the absolute truth. So that created more trauma in me. And, you know, mm -hmm. like attracts like. So I guess my trauma, like trauma in people that I recognize. And I always bonded with Familiar, that. isn't it? Yes, yes. When people understand you. And I think that was easier than really healing or getting the help that I, I needed or wanted or deserved or whatever. And so I would just trauma bond. I trauma mm -hmm. bond my way through relationships and it got worse and worse. And so yeah. it's building up building up and I'm out of the military you know I'm still thriving and surviving because I've always been a person that knew how to take care of myself because you know I come from parents mm -hmm. that weren't 
know, there to help me. So I had to work. I always found a way to make things happen. And so I suppress these things, everything. I have to take care of myself. I'm in that mode again, right? So I'm going, going, going. And remember, I was the one that said I would never have kids. I never wanted to get married or anything like that. So met my kid's father, who is remotely close to my father, eerily. They dumpster dive. They have a drinking problem. They can't, you know, really hold a job down, save money, keep a car. I, I yeah. can't do that. Right? He, my kid's father, they have the same dad. You know, I was married to him. Reminds me so much of my dad. Like, yeah. it, and I used to say this all the time with, with anger to both of them. Like, to my dad, oh, you remind me too much of girl. You're too much like. Or I would say... Um, to my ex-husband, oh, you remind me too much of my dad. Like, I, I just can't deal with this. I can't believe this. Like, you know, and I would always say these things. But when I started my spiritual healing and stuff, I was able to see that. So that was another thing that helped um, diving deep into my spirituality, whatever that may be, um, whatever your, your source is, whatever you believe in, you know what I'm saying? Even if it's just believing in yourself, like find a belief, something that supports you and, and who you are right now and also who you want to become you know what I'm saying 100 yeah, percent um, definitely and so I'm, I'm 26 at this point this is a year after I got medically separated from the military and you know I'm finding my way I'm making my way <laughs> and still got some things um, I'm dealing with because oh you know I had been put out the military you know what I'm saying? And I had to figure out a lot of things on my own within those 30 days. And it was crazy. Okay. So here I am 25 and then cut to, I was 26. This was, yeah, about a month before I turned 26, I met my kid's dad, the one that reminds me of my dad. Okay. And it was like, you know, we hit it off. Like it was just great, but at that time, I didn't know, but now looking back on it and knowing what I know, that was another trauma bond, but this one went further. You know, he kept asking me to marry him so many times and I kept saying no, because we had only known each other for like two months, <laughs> just two yeah. months. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And he did it one cute way from a webcam I bought him for Christmas, that same year that we, that we met, that we started to date. And he, he did it cute, like each word on each page. And I was so, I was so vulnerable. Like, I was just like, okay, that was creative. He used to Hook it on thinker. Yes, yes. He got me totally, totally, totally got me. And I was sold. And so um, we were already going out and stuff like that. We had no kids, of course, at this point, because we were only together for like a few months. So <laughs> that, that's another bizarre thing. And so um, we got married that, that January and I got pregnant by 07. Okay, we met in 06, August and we got married January 07. Found out we were pregnant March 07. <laughs> and then I had my baby, supposed to have been in 08, but we had him early, six weeks early. I had to have surgery on my neck and uh, had to be induced and everything and so you know, I had him, my son, who's 14 now, almost 15 in November, and he is the most amazing. He picks me up now. 
I'm like, what in the world? It's such a, a healing thing for my inner child to have my 14 year old son pick me up now because I used to beat him in racing and stuff like that. So he's amazing. And then when he was three months, we had my daughter, which I was afraid to have her and not thinking about it, not thinking about triggers and stuff like that. But I was upset during ultrasound when I found out it was a girl and understood it, but didn't really understand it. What I understood is that I didn't want to have a girl. Okay. But what I didn't understand is why I did not want to have a girl. And that triggered me so bad later on, once we progress a little bit more, but um, here I am. So at, at this point, were you already on your spiritual journey? Had you already began your no. spiritual journey? Oh, so this was still in yeah. progress. Whoo, yes, this is how it built up. And I've been thinking about this interview over the past couple of days and thinking about things that triggered me along the way that were red flags in my own self. You know how they say, look at red flags and people you're trying to date or even friendships. I never, it was woe is me. I was the victim. So I, I never paid attention to the red flags like this, because of this, this is why I'm like this, you know? So I justified it. I really did. And um, so I'm already at the point of three things I said I never wanted to do. That's having kids. I had two back to back and I was married to a man I only knew for four months. <laughs> so um, you know, here I am trauma bonding with my, uh, Im imposter daddy syndrome thing or whatever you want to, you know, name it. Mm -hmm. But here I am married to my dad, to a guy that reminds me so much of him. And we have two kids back to back and we barely know each other, but, oh, did we get to know each other during the process? And let me tell you, it was horrible. It was amazing. It was I never caught on. How about that? I, I didn't catch on to any of this. It was just piling up more trauma and more triggers. And I was like a, a, a ticking time bomb. You know what I'm saying? And so I started having panic attacks. And before I would always hyperventilate or I'll be really angry. And when I'm angry, I cry, you know, and um, I can say crazy things and do crazy things, but I never attempted suicide again. That stuck with me because I was just like, man, I can't believe I, I, I try to kill myself. So, you know, I would have the thoughts, the suicidal thoughts continuously. It, after I attempted my first suicide, it took me 15 years to be suicide thought free, just to note that real quick. And I am two years, two and a half years suicide thought free. I had to work hard Amazing. on that one. Yes, thank you. That is like, a celebration. <laughs> it is. And you know, I, I never thought I would be talking to anybody about this, but I'm happy about that. Yeah. I'm so excited about that because I found a support. So I'll be walking for suicide here in um, November. And so I'm just, so happy to be a part of that because that's the support I need. And it's the support I want to give because there are people that are walking for the ones they lost to suicide and also the ones that are walking because they still feel that way and the ones that don't feel that way. It's all a support to let you know that you are not alone in your thoughts and your feelings and you should never suppress them because there's always something for that. We celebrate taco day. We celebrate um, any, any type of thing. Happy coffee day, okay? 
coffee drinkers get support, okay? So why would there not be something to support you? And I never knew that. I never knew these things that existed to me until I stopped going externally and I went within. And, you know, I found that self-love and all those different things only because of all these things happening to me in my life. And, you know, even though I was having the suicidal thoughts at that point, still at 26, 27, even having kids and stuff like that, that I never wanted to really attempt to do it again. I always used to just think it, it was just like a relief for me to just picture it and visualize it. And, and it's so hard to find hope when everyone that you go to with your pain says, take another pill. When everyone that you go to with your pain says, oh, well, you know, maybe you need anger management. No, I need help. I need hope. I need the possibility of something beyond this suffering that I feel. Well, it happened when everything progressed after I had both the kids at 26 and 27. um, The triggers, the triggers like piled on me. You know, I thought someone was molesting my kids. I thought so many crazy things. And me and their dad separated when they were two and three. And I moved from Virginia all the way to Texas by myself with a two and three year old, started my life over and things started to trigger more because I didn't have my family and my mom wanted to charge me for daycare. And, you know, I was like, where's the disconnect here? Like there's so much going on. So I piled more strength on top of it. Didn't tell anyone I got medically separated, carrying all these secrets and more secrets, you know, the family secret. Now I'm carrying these secrets about the things that have happened to me in my life. And on top of that, trying to deal with having two kids and being a single mom at this point. And so I, um, met my second husband, you know, I went through a rough marriage with him, like a rough eight years with this man. And so the more and more things happened, um, the triggers just started and started. And before, and not knocking anybody's religion, um, I was Christian. And for me, that didn't help because I tried to go to these church meetings and separate Bible studies and talk about like how we're talking but deeper, like they say, you know, let's get rid of your isms and schisms. Let's talk about what's holding you back so that the, you know, that God can heal you. And I went all in, like I said, the dirty, the dirty, dirty stuff. I aired the dirty laundry pretty much. And <laughs> they, oh, I, they shunned me. <laughs> I felt even at my lowest, I grieved for two years after I decided to let go of Christianity, because in my opinion, you know, it wasn't helping me. It was making me feel like I'm a sinner because they were saying, if you do this, if you do that, you think these thoughts are going to go to hell. And so I was trying to please that knowing I was having these issues that I was already struggling with. And so I remember one day I was ushering at this, this huge church and I was there for two years, still no luck, no help. I tried, I ushered, I put my kids in children's church. I was doing this all the time. There was a point where I was going to church three, four times a week trying to Mm. heal because I was hurting and I was tired of the trauma bonding. I was tired of not having the support from friends and family. And it feels like, felt like everybody betrayed me. And I was on the outside, you know, looking for that external validation, that external love. And I couldn't find it anywhere. Nothing seemed to to soothe these wounds and the pain I felt. And still the suicidal thoughts continued. I even thought of ways that I could do it. And if this happened and oh, like you said, my, my, I'm not a good parent, 
you know, because I'm, you know, parenting, you know, in the wrong way. Yeah, you know, it's just super stressful. And not having the family support and things like that, it's just was like, this is, and I told them everything. And I was molested and there's incest in my family. Uh, my dad's an alcoholic. My mom is clean off crack. And like, yeah, I went through some stuff and I've been beat. Like my mom, when I was 12, bust me in the face with a coffee mug. And I don't know if you can see it, but there's an indention right here on my cheekbone where at 12 years of age, she, that was the closest thing to her, I guess. And she just reached for it, grabbed it and hit me in the face with it, you know? Oh my so God. she used to throw knives at me. She put me on my knees outside on rocks for calling Girl Scouts. Cause I, at the, at school, they told us that you can be a part of Girl Scouts and it's free and stuff like that. So I wanted to be a part of that. And like, she put me on my knees outside in front of everybody. And I had to sit on, get on my knees on rocks. Cause it wasn't paid in country, Louisiana. And you know, I did that. And one time she put me under my bed for being upset. I came back from my dad's house and there was a lady with her two kids in my bed. It was a twin bed. I shared a room with my baby sister and she was in her bed, but this lady was in my bed and it was like maybe seven o'clock in the morning. And I um, was upset about that. And she put me under the bed. Okay. My mom put me under the bed. And so it's just, you know, things like that. My dad never really hit me. He was just an alcoholic. I remember him whooping me one time, but I remember him slapping me in my face when I was eight because I told my stepmom and my stepsisters that my dad's friend put his tongue in my mouth and they were um, laughing at that and then made it seem like it was funny. And I was like, Ooh, that was so gross. And, you know, this is what yeah. I did. And, you know, they were laughing, but then my dad was a chronic alcoholic and, you know, I was already there for like one or two days at this point. We had had ice cream cones earlier that day that I had told him that, you know, told my stepmom that the man put his tongue in my mouth. And so I'm in the kitchen and the dining room light is shining in on the kitchen and the kitchen light was off. So I'm making another ice cream cone. So we had one earlier and I, I felt like it was okay to get that. Well, all of a sudden I hear Trishel, like bloody murder. And so I can still hear the sound of the ice cream cone popping on the counter to the stove and just stopping. It's like, click, click, click. I can still hear that. That used to be such, such a traumatic sound for me um, growing um, up after eight because he yelled my name so loudly that it scared me so bad. And so I remember it, it was so traumatic that I remember, I don't remember walking from the kitchen part to the living room, but the next scene always shoots to my dad. He's six feet and I'm eight at this point. He's yelling at me, pointing his finger and his spit is flying in my face and stuff like that. And then he just hauls off and slaps the hell out of me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and that was why he slapped me, even though I was trying to tell someone that this grown man put um, his tongue in my mouth. And yeah. I was traumatized by station wagons ever since. But I just got over that a few years ago. I guess because this man, he drove a station wagon and he had the dip cups. And he had the, the dip stuff in his, his mouth and he was spitting there. So he had cups all in his station wagon. It was disgusting. And that has hurt me when it comes to kissing. Even my own husband, when I was married, I could not do that till this day. So, you know, I'm healing yeah. from that part. I felt like my kids did come, you know, at a great time to heal me, even though I, I didn't catch on to that until later. And I used to, to say the same thing. Like, I feel like I have fucked my kids up. Now I have to heal them. And so 
throughout, you know, those different things, you know, I never whooped them. It's been years since I even tried to whoop them, but I felt like, you know, I did cause some type of damage because I would be afraid all the time and not, you know, let my daughter go places or always sending her brother to do things with her. And I'm just coming out of that now. She's like, mom, why can't I just stay home while Noah goes to soccer practice? Why do I always have to go? Because you let him stay when I have tumbling practice or if I have this or this or that. And I was just like, I know they're only a year apart. So I've learned to, to let go and, and trust that she's going to be okay. And she's smart and she's just as safe. And I'm not living in that, that time anymore. I'm in the present moment. And that's another thing that has helped me to, to stay in the present. But, you know, I was triggered and I started to go within. I started to do different things. I started to become more of a spiritual person and not so much as a religious person and following any type of rules, but I decided to go with my own rules. Whatever felt good to me, as long as I wasn't hurting anybody, um, I may offend some people or may get some judgmental thoughts and stares about who I am now, but I am happy because I discovered yoga and I just became a certified yoga instructor June 8th of this year. And I did that because I wanna teach other people through trauma, trauma um, trauma yoga, or just any type of thing that they're struggling with, may it be physical, mental, emotional, um, anything. Um, I know that yoga helped me and diving into yoga when I was told that it was a gateway to hell, like I used to believe that. So I never tried it. But in doing yoga and pushing against the grain and getting through my fear of going to hell, you know, I, I did yoga and yoga helped me in such a tremendous way, um, not only physically, but it opened me up to meditation. It opened me up to being in nature more. It opened me up to learn about inner child healing. You know what I'm saying? Understanding your traumas and your triggers and, you know, different things like that. And before I became spiritual along the way, you know, certain things did help me. So I have taken from that and, you know, put in my toolbox to help me get through my day and my life period. But, you know, letting go of what was taught to me, letting go of a different belief system, changing, rewiring my brain to, to think a different way. That's what really saved me. So, you know, I got through the suicidal thoughts and I started to not blame anybody for what I was going through in the present. You know, you can't change the past and you can't really change the future because whatever's going to happen, is going to happen. As long as you're doing what you're supposed to do in the present, then you'll be good. And so I learned that and I'm still working on being in the present moment, but I am more in my kids' lives. I listen to them. I talk to them. We have such a close bond. We play Monopoly all the time. We go skating together. We travel together. We watch movies together at the theater at home. I cook for them. Um, we just, we just do a lot of great things and I am more open to them, you know, about my life and my situation. You know, I started talking to them when I started to heal about five years ago, I, I just made 41 September 12th and at 35, 36 is when, you know, I stopped going to the church because it wasn't helping me and I started doing other things. And so it's been about five, six years and two, two, two and a half years into my, um, spirituality journey, I um, got rid of the suicidal thoughts. And I remember sitting at the desk in my old place where I stayed for almost nine years and I was at the desk and I was doing something, I think some type of schoolwork or something like that. But I remember sitting at the desk 
and I had discovered binaural beats, different hertz and stuff, frequencies, and mm. it, was, it was amazing, like how all the synchronicities of life came in once I got rid of the fog and was really just aware. I would call it being awoke, you know. And when yeah. I when I and I walked out of this fog and it was just like gloomy back there and like happy up here. But I still had the issues around me, the problems, the different situations. But when I became aware that this is trauma, you know what I'm saying? Your inner child is not healed and you need to heal that baby and, and make sure she's okay so that you can, she can catch up to you and y'all can live a fruitful, abundant life. And you can, you know, parent well and, and, and help your kids to heal from whatever trauma you've already caused them. You can help them. And so, like I said, two and a half years into my spirituality and learning about these things. And man, there were so many bumps in the road because I promise you anything you've been doing for a very long time does not want to leave. It wants yes. to stay and say, I'm comfortable here. I didn't ask to move. You're kicking me out. Get out. Okay. <laughs> get out anger, get out depression, get out of here. Anxiety. Like, um, I listen a lot to, um, Louise Hay. And I do this meditation that I've been planning on repeat almost every day. And she says, like, picture yourself being somewhere beautiful. And these are just different techniques. And these are the recent ones in the past couple of months. But she'll say something like, you know, be in this beautiful place, right? Picture somewhere serene. I always go to the beach because I do yoga on the beach. I was there a week ago and I stayed on it for two and a half hours after I got off work and I just meditated. I did yoga. I journaled. I set new intentions and stuff like that. And I know that she would say, always picture somewhere beautiful. And I picture the beach. I like to ground. I like to earth there, barefoot, being connected to the earth because nature is healing to me. That's another support right there for your toolbox. But um, so I'm there and she's just like, picture yourself holding a cloud, a dark cloud. And it's, it's anger. And she said, visualize yourself releasing it. And then doubt and then depression and then all, all these different things, like release them and, and let them go. And, you know, I, that, those are the things that I do. I've even, even done inner child healing meditations where it's like a guided meditation. And they're saying, hey, travel back to your, your child at such and such age or picture yourself at this age. And first time I ever did that all when I cried during the meditation. I cried to see myself. I never visualized that healing that part of me, that little girl that was molested and that was afraid and terrified, like having to, to travel backwards and, and look at yourself from that age is a really, like you said, a very profound moment, you know? Yeah. It's like looking at yourself, you know, like, wow, like, I mm. love you. I, I never, nobody never told me to go back to this, the eight-year-old Trish that was slapped by her dad and say, I love you and I'm going to protect you and I'm going to take care of you and everything is going to be okay. Like nobody yeah. has never told me that. That it's is really so true. In 2019, I graduated from surgical tech school, never worked in that field, experienced some trauma because I thought I was going to be hired on at the VA hospital because you know I'm a disabled veteran. Um, was told I would get the job twice, didn't get it. It was my ticket out to retirement, better for me and my kids financially, will be more stable. I don't have to worry about my ex-husband and family members that don't help me to 
you know, I can do this myself. Here I am being strong again and thought I had something going, thought I was doing it right. And after two divorces, uh, I got divorced February, 2019. A few months later, I, I, a guy I had been dating. I let him move in with his son. I homeschooled his son because I was homeschooling my kids and we fought and it, it was some, some, some physical, but not really just a little bit. And a lot of verbal and emotional abuse, like between the both of us. And it was like, at that point, I was like, man, here it is again, you know, that I'm getting another man that's, that's similar to my dad or my stepdad. And I'm like, why does this keep happening to me? Like I, I'm doing everything. I'm really trying. And it's like, this is not helping me. And I'm doing these things, but I didn't have consistency. You know, I would work on myself for a few days and think, oh, I'm good. You know, it's like being on antibiotics. And they said, don't stop on day five when you feel good. Take it the whole 14 <laughs> days or whatever. So I'm on day five. I'm like, ah, yeah, I'm healed. I feel good. You know what I'm saying? Everything's going good. You know, and then no, I'm not. You're triggered again. And it's the universe letting you know that, no, you're not there yet. You need to learn this lesson because it's going to continue to happen to you until you get it, get it. And like I said, that day I was sitting at my desk and I was really trying to figure this out because I had succeeded in doing some things, but I was still nowhere. Like that success meant nothing to me if my mental health was just off the rocker and I couldn't control my emotions. Like what is being a millionaire if your mental health is no good? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if you're, Pointless. you're rich, but yeah, it really is. And so that's how I felt. I felt like a millionaire with all these issues and problems, but money is not one of them, but it doesn't matter how much money you have. Your happiness has to be on point. You have to be truly and genuinely happy. And so I'm like, how do I get this? What do I do? And so um, after he moved out after six months, I was heartbroken. I was so heartbroken. I was so hurt, but didn't want to attempt any suicide because at 22, I attempted suicide over a guy, a boyfriend. After two years, he was trying to leave me. And that's why I attempted suicide. And I almost succeeded. And that's a thing when your body is trying to save you from you trying to kill it. And it's, it's fighting for you, but you just want to go because this pain seems like it's too much. But when I look back on that, I'll tell everybody and anybody, it is not worth it. To, to try to kill yourself over another person. Like that's where the self-love came in. I didn't love myself then, but now I love myself so much. I'm here to stay and I'm loud. I dance through the grocery store and everything. So you got to stay alive so you can at least dance in the grocery store. Okay. So I, um, you know, I started to learn about self-care and self-love because here it is another failed relationship months after I got divorced, failed after fail. Like I was just like, I'm done with this. I can't allow men to treat me like my dad because my dad he has been super disrespectful to me in my lifetime and I've been hurt by him so much I, I always say he was the first man that hurt me and so after 2019 I became a hundred percent service-connected disabled veteran so I went up to a hundred percent because you know I was out of that relationship I was um didn't get the, the dream job because I thought that was it after 22 months being in the program I didn't get my dream job I didn't know what was going on, but what I know now is that, you know, life was happening for me and not to me. Everything that happened along the way, even though I planned these things, you know, things happened for a reason. It was happening to get me where I am right now. 
because I don't want the job at the VA. You know, I don't want any of those relationships I was in. I want a healed um, partner, someone to be with a man that's going to love me unconditionally and nothing like my, my stepdad or nothing like my dad. Um, in 2019, closer to the end, it's when I started to understand and know and learn about self-love. So because of those failed relationships, because of so many traumatic things, because of going through what I went through with my kids. And at this point, my daughter has a stutter and we've come so far in this. We were a part of so many groups and so many things with that. They both have eczema. So that was hard. It was just like all these things were going on. I was stressed behind finances and all these different things that going through all of those things pushed me into loving myself. And this is when I started taking spiritual baths and I would put peppermint oil in there, get fresh flowers and put them in there, still trying to learn how to do this. And I was reading books on the positive, I mean, the power of positive energy. Like they were just coming to me because I was asking the universe, you know, my spirit team, wherever, whatever you want to call it, whatever your source is, what can I do? What am I missing here? I, I don't know what to do. I don't have no one to teach me. It's like, I can't find anyone to talk to but you can talk to yourself. You can ask yourself, how are you today? What do you need? What are you lacking? You can affirm yourself. Affirmations are my best friend, okay, at this point. And I learned to re rewire my brain, like I said earlier in the interview, um, to rewire those thoughts. Like if you have negative self-talk, um, a, a, a belief system that is not serving you, something that's making you feel like you're a bad person if you're doing certain things or struggling with certain things, then that will make you suppress it. You know what I'm saying? Suppress everything yeah. you're struggling with. Let it just be perfect, you know? But um, as I was going, I kept hearing so many things just pop up out of nowhere about self-love, self-love. I was like, what is this self-love thing? So I actually mm -hmm. looked it up because I didn't even know how to self, how to, I, I tried to write a poem on self-love. It took me 80,000 years to even get two sentences down because- <laughs> I was like, I don't know what self-love is. Like, what does that mean? And I actually had to do research on what self-love and self-care was. <laughs> yeah. And I was embarrassed then, but now I'm not embarrassed because if you're not loved properly, especially as a kid, how are you going to know how to love yourself? How are yeah. you going to know? How, how are you, you ever meant to experience or create that experience for yourself? like you said you, you when it's not been modeled how are you meant to know what a mother is like when you haven't had a stable mother how are you meant to know what a man a man loving you you know how a man is meant to love you if you have never had that role model we will keep on like you yeah. said we keep on recreating even the the relationships yeah. with the men because Absolutely. our fathers only they showed us how to love and how to experience love and if that's all we have as a basis of what love is a man then yeah. that treats you with respect and that sees you as a wonderful beautiful human being yeah. you're going to be running yeah. from the hills you're going to be like there's Absolutely. something wrong with him he's he he's, yes. he's a damaged one because right. common sense is not the same for everyone when you are living with 90% trauma in your body every single day I have 10% yeah. to exist. And so sometimes the decisions that I make are not in full alignment because I am, I am not capable of fully joining the dots all the time because my body yeah. is working at 90% capacity to 
deal with all of the trauma that's in my mind that's not even here in this present moment but that's that's where I am that's where I am so you know there are so many things that I have done in my lifetime and as a mother that make me sad that do really make me sad because it's not fair that you know like you said that I never had that awareness and I never had that capacity to know what was right and what was wrong what a good mother was what a good mother wasn't how to be treated and how to treat another person because I was never given that opportunity to experience that even when I um stopped you know practicing Christianity and I you know went over to the spiritual side I was looking for spiritual healers on that side to help me heal too still nothing what I realized when you wake up and you're paying attention to your trauma, you attract other people that are traumatized and not healing, but they could be in this position as a spiritual healer, but they are struggling also. You know what I'm saying? And it's like mostly like a title thing and not really so much as digging deep within to try to heal your inner child and affirm yourself and change your your, um, negative self-talk to positive self-talk and just, and loving yourself and giving yourself grace and, and giving yourself permission to fail, but also to learn that lesson from failing and not, not feeling shameful or embarrassed and down and out. Cause I used to be like that, like, oh no, I was doing good. And now I, I, I slipped and, and, and yell, you know, I wasn't like whooping or nothing like that, but I might have been like, you know, didn't I tell you to clean up this room? And they're looking like, <gasps> and, but, you know, I learned to just be like, you know what? I, I apologize. That was wrong of me. I have learned to apologize to my kids. They don't have to wait until they're 30, 40 years old to talk to me when I'm in my 70s saying, mom, you know, this happened and you hurt me. I say it now. I have already apologized to my kids. I apologized to them for who I was. And I said, you know, mom is healing from this and, you know, we're going to do it together. We meditate together. We go on bike rides. I rollerblade with them. And we've been doing that for years. And that was a part of my healing too. Instead of being in a funk of depression and anxiety and fear and anger all the time, you know, I was living my best life. I was affirming myself. I used to always say, I'm not, I'm never going to be happy. I'm never going to be happy. Literally, those are my words. But now I say, I'm happy. I'm joyous. I'm peaceful. I listen to affirmations every single day. And so I learned to give myself grace. I didn't, you know, let something hold me back because I made a mistake or, you know, I, I went back into an old pattern or, or um, you know, go, I went backwards or whatever. And whenever I did, I learned to give myself the compassion I wanted to see in other people. And so yeah. I learned not to blame my mom and my dad. I've worked on, I'm almost at hundred percent in forgiving them. Like, I don't really blame them for what I'm going through. I know that they are the cause of it, but I have also learned through healing my trauma that they need to heal too you know whether they're going to get it or not I don't know but I can forgive them create healthy boundaries because I never had healthy boundaries I had you know boundaries that were always trampled upon you know what I'm saying like oh well whatever like but this is this is not normal like things like this you know but you know I've learned just to show myself grace and compassion Mm -hmm. like I feel about it if I slip up and say something or if I'm like, okay, didn't I tell y'all? Like, I don't really fuss. You know what I'm saying? Like, it'll be like a whole two full moons before I even go through something, but I may be overwhelmed. 
And I have learned to assess myself like, okay, you are overwhelmed. And I will tell them that's no justification. I should not have, you know, said it like that. I should have said, you know, in a more, you know, caring way, but mom's overwhelmed. I feel a little stress on me. So I apologize for that. Um, it will get better, but you know, I have to still hold you accountable for what you should have done as your chore or something like that. So I've learned how to talk better to my kids and not talk at them and let them know that their voice is, is, has a freedom of speech. If I offended you or if I hurt you or anything, you can tell me. And so I have, you know, allowed them access to me like that. Like I'm human, That's you're human. so beautiful. You know what? I think it can be harmonious because for the past few months, we have a new affirmation that I got from my numerology deck and um, it's my Oracle cards. And oh, I love it. I, yeah, and I wish I had the card with me. I have it on my altar and I keep it there. It's been there for months. I never put it back in the deck because the affirmation me and the kids say now, it says, cause this one was under parenting. It's a certain number and you go in the book and you read it. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. This is what I need. But it says your affirmation for the day is I have happy, harmonious relationships within my happy, harmonious home. And I say that all the time. If I feel some way and I'm like, okay, the kids, I told them to, to do this and clean up. This is the part of their chores and they don't do it. I'm like, nope, they're going to get it. They are learning. I am going to stick with them until they get it. I'll, I know how to speak to my kids and I have happy, harmonious relationships with them, a happy, harmonious home. I love my kids. I love myself. I love my life. And life is teaching me what I need to know, what I want to know, what I deserve to know. And everything is okay. You are doing the best that you can, mama. And you're going to keep doing the best. So keep going, believe in yourself. And I dismiss it and keep moving. You know what I'm saying? I just, yeah, just let it go. And I don't wallow in it because I'm learning. It's like, I'm growing up. I'm, I'm raising yes. myself. You know what this, I'm saying? And the God, yes. you know what I'm saying? And that God in meditation that I did is said, okay, now tell your inner child that you will be back. You have to go. That made me cry. So I changed the meditation up at the end. And I was like, I don't think so. She's coming with me. Oh, <laughs> I was amazing. Not, yeah. They say picture yourself somewhere in your childhood and it was this old back shack with a whole bunch of dirty clothes in there. And I would go sit on top of the pile and be in like my castle or whatever. And so when I was guided into that, I saw myself in this back shed where the dirty clothes smelled like wet, wet rain, I mean, rainwater, wet rainwater. And it was just dirty in there, but it was a safe haven for me because I was a kid and I was exploring. And so when I, I went in there, I saw her, I cried, I talked to her to my inner child, the wounded inner child. And I was not leaving her. I said, I'm not leaving her and telling her I'm coming back. She's coming with me because we're gonna go grow up. And I've been yeah. growing up vicariously through my kids. I tell them all the time, I'm 14 now. And my kids know that they get a <laughs> kick out of that. They're 13 and 14. So I'm like, you know, I'm in between. My son is older than me. I'm 41, but I'm 14, okay? so. When we meet up with other people, I am doing the trampoline. I'm doing the zip line. I'm doing cannonballs into the pool with the kids because little Trishelle is growing up and she is happy and she's getting to experience what childhood is supposed to be like, like and not growing oh, up fast. And beautiful. it has been so amazing. It has been beautiful. It has been super amazing. And I'm happy to be where I am. And that's why I don't mind telling my story because it is my truth 
and it's nobody else's truth. And if people don't understand and they still want to be judgmental, then I say, hey, that's on you. I bless you and I release you. I just, I leave you where you are because I'm moving forward. And I finally found true happiness. I understand that true happiness is not getting validation from a relationship or from a friendship or even from your kids. Validation comes from yourself. That's that self-love, that's that self-care. And when you know that you are fighting to get out of a pit that wasn't even dug for you and you're halfway up there or you're almost 100% of getting out of this pit, then you feel grateful for that. I know where I've come from and I know where I'm going. So I release people judging me because I don't care. I don't care what anybody thinks of me. I used to care. I used to be afraid, but I have un understood that Speaking my truth heals people. People don't need sugar-coated, oh, I'm okay now today, but how? How did you do it? You know what I'm saying? Like, what did you do? And I tell people what I did. It was days where I would scream. I would be crying. Like, why me? And I started off saying, why me? Why do I have to do this? Nobody else is trying to heal. Everybody else is running around here crazy. And I'm the only crazy one trying to heal, so I won't feel crazy. <laughs> like, this yeah. is not fair. I'm tired of this shit. Like, what the hell? Nobody else is doing this. So now I'm being triggered by triggered by unhealed people and it's making me just <laughs> go crazy. Nobody's trying to heal but me. Hell no, I'm not doing I want to be crazy like everybody else. I used to say yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And then yeah. it got to the point where I'm like, you know what? I was just playing. I don't want to be like this. What do I need to do? I need help. I need, I need the solution. <laughs> and when I found the solution, I told people this was two years ago. Um, and I was like, I have found the key to life. I found the key to happiness and, and, and um, you know, success and all these great things. And I'm making copies. And that's like a part of my slogan for my, my business, Mental Revolution, and the name of my podcast and all that, whatever I do launch it. Um, but I want to talk to people about that. Like to yeah. come out of that brain fog and pay attention to your surroundings because your higher source, the universe, Jesus, whoever it may be, they're talking to you. They're telling you, yeah. hey, do this. Stop stop bickering, stop complaining, stop wallowing in the past because all you're doing is living in the past. And why are you being triggered by the past when the present is so beautiful? It is packaged beautifully and nicely with a huge bow on it and your name is on it. Open the package. Where is the package? Oh, it's underneath all that shit you piled on top of it. So go ahead and <laughs> move all that stuff. And then open this beautiful package and that beautiful package is a beautiful life, no matter what's going on. And it yeah. gives you, like, you think you didn't come with a manual for life, but when you unpackage this gift, the first thing on top is the instructions, baby. It's there. You just have to listen. Yeah. You have to pay attention and you have to understand that life is happening for you and not to you. And you have a purpose on this earth and your purpose is not to go through the rigmarole of traumas and triggers and unhealed pieces of you that don't know how to come together. Like you are the puzzle piece. You are the first piece you put on the board and things connect to you. That, yes. not the See what I'm saying? It's not the opposite. You find who you are by loving yourself and when you love yourself then you'll be able to love your um others even your especially your kids you'll learn how to do that because inner child work is self-love buying roses for yourself is self-love taking a bubble bath is self-love walking on the beach um taking time to eat dinner with your kids 
Like we play Monopoly everywhere we go. Like we go to restaurants, we're like, no phones, let's talk together. And my kids have opened up to me even more. And, you know, they understand that how I was before. I don't lie about it either. I'm like, you know, how I was before that was, that was bad. And I should never have been like that, but mommy is working on it. And they understand. Uh, about a year and a half ago, my son was like, mom, I see the difference in you. There's something different. I was like, yeah, you don't see me honking my horn and cussing people out on the highway anymore, huh? <laughs> I've yeah. been road free for like four years and whew, that was something else. And when I think about it now, I was like, I drive peacefully now. We're going to get there when we get there, but we're going to have a concert the whole way through. And that was yeah. something I had. To, I did a guided meditation and they were like, don't focus on the traffic, focus on the trees, read billboards. And that was something I started to do too. And so I healed my road rage and I had road rage so bad. I would go toe to toe with an 18 wheeler in my little putt putt. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that anchor is, is something else. Okay. So the first thing would be to affirm yourself. I am an affirmation queen. Okay. Because how I grew up, everything was negative. My words, especially, and you know, words are very powerful. So if you can start by saying, I am healing, I am healed, I am a healer, I love myself, I respect myself, I attract loving and caring people into my life, I'm a good parent instead of saying I'm a bad parent, change how you think about your situation, change how you think about yourself, and love you, love you first, affirm yourself, and, and just use I am statements, I will I, I choose, I choose to be happy today. Affirm yeah. yourself, affirmations. You can get those from anywhere. YouTube, you can even just make up your own, write them down and say them daily uh, for at least 21 days. Um, that's what they say. And then, you know, at 21 days, you create a new habit. You rewire your brain. So affirm yourself to rewire your brain. That was my first thing. Because your thought system, your, your thoughts, your belief system is, is going to lead you wherever you're going. Whatever you're believing in, that's where you're going to go. That's what you're going to attract. So learn how to change your negative self-talk into positive words, okay? Um, my second thing was to understand myself better. You know, I, I affirm myself and then I learn and understand myself through what I feel when I'm trying to change a, a, a certain belief that I had. And so I'm like, okay, if I'm triggered by this, I'm triggered by, okay, I love myself, but do you really? You know, I know I attempted suicide. I used to have suicidal thoughts and, you know, I'm, I'm doing things I shouldn't do, like, you know, smoking cigarettes or just, just doing crazy things to self-sabotage and to heal myself in such a negative way. Um, journaling. So whenever I have these negative thoughts in my head, I'll journal, I'll write them down. And I want to understand what's going on with these thoughts. Why do I feel this way? You know, if I don't think I deserve something and then, you know, it goes back to affirming myself. And so I'm like, okay, let's help this belief system so that I can believe these things and believe that I deserve it. And so through journaling, um, I was able to understand myself more under understand where I was coming from and why I struggled with these things. Um, the third thing I would say is forgiveness, not only from, uh, uh, you know, for other people and what they have done to you, but also to yourself, like forgive yourself. You have to forgive yourself if you want to move on and to know that, you know, the trauma you, you had 
helped you to parent your kids the way you did. And, you know, and had I still thought that I was such a horrible parent, I wouldn't be here right now because I would still be judging myself and who knows, things probably could have gotten worse. But I affirmed myself, I journaled, I understood myself and understanding myself and understanding what my parents went through and why they parented me the way they did, it helped me to forgive myself. And then I was able to forgive them because if I forgive myself for what I did, how come I can't forgive them? And when you don't forgive yourself and you don't forgive others, you hold on to a resentment that festers and it grows like a venom through your body and it could potentially kill you and maybe not physically, but emotionally, um, you know, mentally, it, it really does something to you when you resent something that has happened to you and you don't forgive, even, even if it's hard to forgive, you have to affirm yourself and, and understand your belief system and why you don't want to forgive. Because there are people in the world that say, oh no, you need to judge these people and don't forgive them. You don't have to forgive, but you know, you don't, or you, you have to forgive and you don't have to forget. Like I want to forgive and just forget. Like I'm, I'm with that all together. I don't want to just remember something that I've forgiven because if I'm still thinking about it, then that's not healing. So I affirmed myself, I understood myself, and I forgave myself and others. Um, a fourth thing would be to be a kid. So <laughs> um, I, like I said, I was, I'm living vicariously through my kids and I'm growing up. And for me, I had to learn how to be a kid again. I had to learn how to be free and just like how I was, but in a healing state and not through trauma. Because growing up, I couldn't really be a kid. I did kid things, but I had to just do other stuff to, to survive and to make it, you know, you know, growing up and things like that. So as an adult, healing my inner child and doing fun things like jumping in the ocean. I used to be afraid of that. I used to be afraid of getting in the deep end of the water in the pool. I've done that because of my daughter. She has helped me, you know, to do those things. Um, I'm just relearning life. I'm growing up and it is healing to me to heal my inner child and to, to focus on me at all ages as a kid, even all the way up until 18 when I was getting ready to go to the military and stuff like that. So I affirmed myself. I um, paid attention to understand my belief system so that I could change that. And, you know, understanding my belief system, you know, I learned to forgive. And then I forgave and I focused on my inner child and focusing on my inner child opened up so many different things and I learned to love her and to love who I am now and it's all about the love love is the driving force in anything you're trying to do as long as you have love and um, you understand what that love does for you then it's going to take you a long way so when I started to heal my inner child, it opened me up to other things. Like, how do you be more consistent? You got to be consistent. Stay consistent in whatever you're doing. And, you know, it, it taught me so many things. I'm still learning more consistency as well. But where I am in my life right now, those things have, have truly helped me. So if I, I will leave you with anything, it'll be to affirm yourself, to pay attention to your belief system so you can have an understanding of who you are, forgive yourself and others, um, heal your inner child and
keep that love there. Keep love in everything that you do. It's, it's going to work Beautiful. out for you. Beautiful. Well, that is the perfect way to end it. Um, right. But I'm going to say thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining me on this call. And I am so grateful to having you um, and for you sharing everything that you shared with us today. Thanks so much for tuning in today, guys. All the links to the information we discussed in this episode will be in the show notes, including timestamps where we change topics. So if you want to come back later and just listen to one section, you can. If you haven't done so already, please join our Facebook group, Let Me Be Free, The Wounded Inner Child, and post either anonymously or not what's going on for you in your world. We'd also be delighted if you would share this podcast or the Facebook group with one person who you think would benefit from the information. Be a law, Have a beautiful day.